Hi, and thanks for watching Youth Talk, a podcast run by Baptist Youth, where on each episode we take a different topic and get a bunch of tips from someone directly involved in youth ministry. In today's episode, we're joined by Drew Steele, pastor of Gilnerhurk Baptist Church, and Drew's going to be sharing on the topic of sex and relationships. Recordings of each episode of Youth Talk can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Castbox, Spotify, or accessed through any of our social media accounts. Thanks for watching, and we hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome to episode number five of Youth Talk. We're delighted to have Mr. Drew Steele with us today. Drew, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, do you want to begin by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, so I'm Drew. I've just turned 34. Well, thanks. They're getting older as you go through the podcast here. Oh, now Phil's older than me. <laughs> oh, is he? I definitely know that, but anyway, we'll not talk about that. <laughs> uh, I'm married to Kat. We've been married for nearly nine years. Um, we have a wee man called Sam who's uh, 18 months and uh dog our springer spaniel is called jess she's mm. seven um, nice. so she's our first child okay really. dog ears sam's just catching up you know? <laughs> um and so i've lived in northern ireland most of my life i've had uh four years i spent in england as a youth worker um a year in australia and wow. now we're now we're back here very good uh, so you're the pastor of gilnerhurk baptist yep uh john tell us a little bit about gilnerhurk baptist as well you mentioned mm. time overseas yeah. you've had quite a journey of different experiences in ministry do tell us a little bit about some of them as well yeah so gilnerhurk's a, a fabulous church i mean i would say that <laughs> you have to say that um so we're a relatively small church in east belfast we've got uh 43 members on a sunday we could have 50 60 people if you include the kids mm. um and it's a it's quite a for the size of church it is it's quite a diverse church mm. in terms of ages and church experience and so um you know our, our youngest is uh like not even walking yet our oldest member is 94 95 oh. uh and and everywhere in between we we seem to we seem to really enjoy that intergenerational mm. relationship um and so that's been that's been a real pleasure and i've been there just over a year as as the pastor there so uh, before that i was working with script union yep um looking after and helping to look after their uh, camps and missions program their summer program um before that i was there uh sorry about uh three and a bit years and then before that i was at an organization called love for life mm. uh, so based in northern ireland delivering relationships and sex education uh, primarily in schools and in the community and in churches um, and before that I was a youth worker over in England for a group of churches um, for about four years. Brilliant. So, so you've literally seen every perspective of ministry, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> Brilliant. Well uh, today's topic we're, we're looking at sex and relationships. Mm. Uh, for youth workers who are listening to this episode why do you think this is such an important topic for them to kind of tune into? Yeah I think funny my instinct was to go to oh Culture says, well, um, ultimately, uh, I believe the Bible has a lot to say about this topic mm -hmm. and a lot of really good advice, a lot of really helpful instruction. And so if we are if we're working with young people and trying to faithfully uh, equip them and and see them grow and develop in their own godliness and their uh, discipleship of Jesus, then we're going to encounter this topic as we go through scripture with them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the Bible primarily is the reason why the Bible, God through his word says that this topic is important. Mm. So we need to engage with it and we need to engage with it well. And, and I think that's important to remember because this is one of those topics that I think you could view as like a standalone, mm. you know, where, where we do one night in the year and <laughs> probably get a guest in to yeah, speak on it, yeah. you know, and, um, but actually if we're going to faithfully, take our young people through the whole counsel of God in scripture, mm. we're going to 
encounter this mm. topic regularly. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to see how he created us to be relational with one yeah. another. You know, that's part of what it means to carry the image of God. Um, he created marriage and instituted marriage as part of that creation order. As p- then when the fall happened, we, we are still living in the result of the, the consequences of that, of that separation, that break of what God had designed. Um, and then we live in this tension mm. of knowing God's design, but, but battling our sinful nature. Uh, but then we also see, as we continue through scripture, the, the glorious coming of Jesus, his, his, his pain of the penalty of all sin, his cancelling of shame and, and guilt, um, his showing a new way to live following mm. God's rule. And so th- this is scripture mm. uh, and this is God's story that we are part of. Um, and, a, and a part of that is how we think and view and believe um, about relationships and sex. Mm. Um, and so if we're going to faithfully equip young people as disciples of Jesus, then this is one of the areas in their lives where they're going to have to know what does scripture say about this? What is God's mm. design for this? And so why is this important? Well, the Bible says it's important. God mm. says it's important through his word. Um, and then secondly, of course, the culture says that this is important. The world we live in uh, screams out messages mm. about relationships and sex. And very often, I suppose this is one area and one topic where we see a real um, obvious contrast between what we understand scripture to say and the messages that we hear from the world. Mm. Um, and so again, to, to equip ourselves and our young people to be faithful followers of Jesus, we're going to have to equip them with the tools mm. to know how to navigate that tension. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that there, that it's some kind of war that we have to fight, um, but there is a there is a confusion in the messages that we receive. And so as followers of Jesus, we have to understand what message we're going to give most credence to mm. and then live by that. And surely that's the Bible. And so as our young people are, are trying to read the Bible and understand what God has sent them through that and also living in a world which, and those messages seem to conflict them. Yeah. We're the ones who have the privilege of trying to, to equip them to mm. navigate that in a, in a godly way, in a way that's going to be helpful for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so some of the youth workers who are listening along, perhaps they maybe think, oh, I'm a little bit disconnected, detached from the world of young people. Could you give us some, maybe a bit of a flavour as to some of the unique pressures that young people face uh, today with regards to sex and relationships? Mm. Yeah. Well, I, it's been a while since I was a teenager, and, <laughs> and I'm I'm actually uh, I don't I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but I'm really glad I grew up when I did, and I'm mm. not growing up now as a yeah. teenager. I think the world that our teenagers are growing up in is really different from the one I grew up in, um, and so um, some better, some worse. I'm, I'm not comparing and contrasting or in, in terms of in terms of uh, one better, one worse, but definitely in terms of a unique pressure yeah. and unique pressures that young people face today that I didn't face. Mm. I think that's that's really, uh, really ramped up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- it seems to me that, that our young people today are living in, in such a fast-paced world, mm. um, such a connected world in some ways, yet there's the potential in that world to be really isolated yeah. and to to be suffering from a real lack of authenticity and integrity in, in relationships particularly. And, and I know it could sound a bit cliche, um, but the, the world of, of smartphones, of, yeah. of ultra fast broadband, all of that has changed the way we connect. Mm. And again, I'm not saying positively or negatively, it's just changed the way we connect with, with people and how relationships work. And so that is bound to have an impact on what we, what we think and believe and, and, and act in terms of our relationships and sex. And attitudes of that, um, 
and and I'm of the age when I can remember life without that all. You know, I, I, I you maybe can. Uh, Thirty four. <laughs> you know, I remember. Uh, you know, it would have taken an hour to have a conversation mm. on MSN because it was dial up. And, you know, you had to nudge them. You had to nudge yeah, them. Yeah, and, and that conversation got interrupted when someone needed to use the house phone. You know, yeah. I remember that world, and so I think my generation. Um, and I say my, not ours. Uh, my generation, I think we, we can remember life without it, yet we have a grasp of it. Mm-hmm. And so we can we can maybe critique it a wee bit more. Whereas our mm-hmm. young people are growing up uh, and this is all that they know. Mm-hmm. You know, Snapchat, WhatsApp, th- this has become their life. This is all that they know. And so mm-hmm. um, so we then have to help them navigate that well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's, there's loads of different uh, pressures that we could talk about. You know, body image, relationship status sexual experience i think that all of those exist but there's one particularly that mm. i would like to raise and that's the, the whole area of pornography and mm. um, now it's not a not a new phenomenon but I, I don't think that there's ever been a stage where pornography has been so accessible and so acceptable in our world yeah. um, and so love for life um, who i used to work with fabulous uh, organization um, they their own research would show that in Northern Ireland, twenty nine percent of fifteen year old boys watch porn every day. Wow. Um, one in three teenagers have sent or received an explicit image on their mobile phone, and and I think so. We could look at these stats and think, goodness, mm. what are we going to do with this? One of the things I think we need to recognise is that the, the young people in our churches are going to be in those numbers, yeah. and so we have to equip them with mm-hmm. a biblical understanding of how to, how to navigate mm-hmm. that. Um, and, and then the reality that you don't have to be, you know, on some dodgy website or mm. some horrible TV channel to experience sexually explicit content, you know, try watching a pre-watershed soap or, mm. you know, streaming a box set online, you're going to really struggle to find some clean content. Sure. Um, and, and again, then how do we, how do we then equip in a, in a world that is so hyperly sexualized, how are we going to equip our young people to navigate that? Mm. And so I think that is a unique pressure that our young people are facing. Mm. But it's also a unique opportunity for us uh, to, to really celebrate God's good design in all of this. You know, I think when we think about relationships and sex, the conversation can very quickly turn negative. Yeah. But we, we, have, we carry good news. Mm. God's design is good news. His, his design for relationships and sex and marriage, they are good for, for us, for his world, for, for human flourishing, they are good things. So mm. we have to change that, that, mm. that narrative almost and, and think, well, hang on, we've got good news to mm. share in this regard. Um, and so how can we equip our young people to celebrate this yeah. in a world that screams such a different message at times? Mm. Um, one of the, uh, it genuinely would nearly make you cry, but um, one of the porn websites, um, every year they... They produce one of the biggest in the world and they um, they kind of roll out some of their stats from the year as, as a celebration of how successful the industry is. Uh, and one of the stats that they produced um, was that every day, 93 million people are on their site. Um, it works out as like 33 and a half billion views per year. Wow. Now, if there's only 7 billion people on the planet, you know, and, and I think there's just a... And so you look at that and think, what? Now, now this year, what they've noticed is 80% of those views, 80% of the traffic to their website is coming from phones and tablets. Right. And so it isn't, no, it's no longer this kind of yeah. quiet, shameful activity mm. in the corner. It's, it's so accessible. Mm. Uh, and so again, we've got to realize, well, well what, what model are we saying or what model are we giving mm. in terms of um, good, biblical, godly use of devices mm. of of filtering software, of all mm. that, you know. Um, and so huge pressures on our young people. Yeah. But in the midst of that, we can't lose sight of the good news that we have yeah. to share. That's really helpful. It's funny, those statistics that you share, like 
whenever we hear them as maybe youth leaders or parents, we're like, but actually, if you were to share that probably with a group of young people, that's totally normal because that's their world. They're, they're yeah, in that maybe. world. Yeah. And, you know, and some young people might be totally surprised. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll maybe come on to this, but the last thing that you want to do is to, to present those stats to young people yeah. and for everyone to think, you know, if I'm a 15-year-old boy in that youth group not watching porn, yeah. I think, oh, goodness, I'm, I'm missing out on something. Yeah. Uh, and, and so you don't want to mm. raise curiosity yeah um and so we'll come on to think about how, how you yeah. need to be wise and how you deal with this but mm. um it is it is an issue and we sure. need to realize yeah. that this is not just an issue out there yeah uh, this is an issue within the walls yeah. of our church within the christian community and so how are we going to deal with this in a really yeah. godly way yeah uh, when people hear perhaps the, the title of this episode sex and relationships they maybe think oh awkward issue um <laughs> maybe it's a wee bit of clickbait for them to watch this podcast episode <laughs> um but do you think this is a, it is a bit of a taboo topic? Uh, mm. Do you think that's a problem, uh, that it's a taboo topic in our churches and youth groups? Uh, and if so, why do you think it's a taboo topic? Yeah, I, I certainly understand that, that, uh, that yes, it's a taboo thing. Um, now, I do think that that taboo is, is lessening, is decreasing, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really good thing. I, I think in, in society, talking about sex and relationships is not bizarre. Yeah. And so I think that is starting to filter in that actually this is a, this is a, a, a normal conversation to have. Mm-hmm. And again, let's frame it biblically. Um, but I think I, I do understand that there is a real hesitancy to, to deal with this topic. I think one of the things is what we mentioned earlier, that, that you don't want to be raising curiosity mm-hmm. um, about an issue that could lead someone into difficulty. Yeah. Um, and so th- there's got to be wisdom in how we deal with that. I think as well, like, like some of us who are involved in ministry, like we have a relational past that we are not happy with mm-hmm. or we wish had been different. And so the idea of standing in front of a group of young people, it, we, we wouldn't feel authentic in doing it. Um, equally, we're not sure that it would be helpful to share our story. And, and again, wisdom is needed there. And so I think that there's there could be a hesitancy to deal with it because, mm. oh goodness, well, I, I didn't live that way, and so I don't know that I can now mm. tell others and instruct others to live that way. Um, I think we can we can counter that with God's grace is good, uh, Jesus is greater, and so even if you do have a, a story to share, uh, you know God has been working in your life to bring mm. you to this point in ministry. Perhaps your story could be the link into someone's life that brings them to the gospel and helps them grow in grace. Um, I think the other issue as to why this is maybe a bit of a taboo is that I, I'm not sure that, that we as, as ministers, as youth workers, have, have received really good biblical teaching mm. on this subject. And so maybe we feel ill-equipped to go and share that with others. Mm. Um, I, I get that too, but mm. I think that the, the answer to that is to figure it out then. Yeah. So spend some time in God's word. What does he say? How are you going to teach this? Mm. Um, because as, as we said earlier, this is, this is a really crucial topic. It's not the only topic you should talk about in youth group, yeah. but it is definitely one that mm. you, you can't confine to mm. one talk a year, you know? Um, and so how is this going to, uh, how are you going to learn more on this topic so that you can be better equipped to share? Sure. Um, and so I think we need, yeah, we need God's wisdom in all of it. Um, and, and in terms of it being a taboo, uh, we, we've got to remember, as I've said already, we've got to remember that, that we have a good news story to share. Mm. You know, God's word is good on this. Um, and, and 
and the principles that God has laid down in his word are, are, are really helpful uh, for us, for our young people. And so we have got to share those with one another. Tell a better story. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Brilliant. Um, what's great about having you in the podcast and why I'm excited to have you in the podcast is you've got a lot of different experiences. Uh, you've got, you're a pastor now, so you've got the pastor hat on. You're also a parent. You've been a youth worker in the past. And all these different people are influencing our young people and our influences on our young people. Mm. Hi, when we try and navigate the world of sex and relationships, what should each of those different kind of people, parents, you know, youth workers, pastors, mm. what role do they each play or should they play when trying to help young people navigate the world of sex and relationships? Yeah, good question. I think that uh, what I would say, that, like the primary shapers, formers, molders of our young people are parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's, that's the biblical model of, mm. you know, passing faith from one generation to the next. I think that's, that's a home thing. Yeah. Uh, and so um, some parents might not appreciate that, <laughs> that, that I do think that, that they're primary, they are primarily responsible for forming faith in their kids. And yeah. uh, that's my duty as a parent. Uh, that's the number one thing I can do for Sam. Mm. Uh, and so part of that is as part of his discipleship is figuring out what this um, means in, in this area of life too. Um, now that, that doesn't mean that parents have to know everything yeah. about this topic. It doesn't mean that they have to be you know like experts in in this um but i think that there there has to be a an environment where there's an openness where there's communication where 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 their kids feel like they can ask questions um, and not be shut down not you know and that can be that can be really hard like i can imagine you know you're 13 14 year old child asking you a question and inside you're freaking out and that's okay internally you can freak out as much as you want just try not to let that show in your face um you know because you you want to keep that communication open even if what you're hearing is difficult Mm -hmm. it is better that you hear it Mm -hmm. um and so parents don't need to be experts but the communication needs to be important and then now in saying all of that we do have to be mindful of, of young people in our churches who aren't coming from families who support their faith or who, who help encourage that faith. Mm. Uh, and so therefore the Christian family mm. um, becomes really significant. And so how are we, how are we equipping and, and, and nurturing and mentoring our young people in the faith within the, the faith community? Um, now that, that doesn't say that parents are primarily responsible, doesn't get churches and youth workers off the hook. <laughs> um, and so I think that our role as churches is to provide environments where maybe there can be a bit more of a detailed uh, biblical ex- exploration on this topic. What does this really mean? Maybe it's uh, peer-to-peer support, you know, small groups mm-hmm. with young people. They're maybe going to be more open with one another than they will be with their parents. Um, and so that's okay. We can provide that as a backup and as an addition to what parents are already doing. Yeah. Um, and then churches, like I know my role uh, now as pastor is to teach God's word faithfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that means that when we encounter these passages, that we that we do that. And and ironically or not, I don't know what in in the year that I've been in my role, we've already had two sermons on sex. Um, we dealt with uh, Joseph and Potiphar's wife in Genesis thirty nine. We've had a, a series on Colossians, and so we looked at well, what does it mean to put off sexual immorality, lust, mm-hmm. evil, desire? and so that's just teaching God's word. I didn't choose those because, you know, of any specific purpose that that's just God's word. And so we have to faithfully teach mm-hmm. that too. So it, it, it's never a parents or church or youth workers. It's, it's all together. Um, and I think it's the, it, it's a really beautiful picture when it's all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when young people are hearing the same message from parents and youth workers and church, it only enhances what they believe. Uh, and that love for life, I, when I was there, I, I used to love going to a church where um, 
where the, the, it had obviously been so well thought through that, that the church was actually laying on an event and simultaneously had a session for parents and young people. Mm. And so they arrived together, but then split and had, we had separate programs for them. But the reasons I loved it was clearly the church had advertised this is happening. Mm. So automatically they become known that actually this topic is okay to talk about in our church. We yeah. care about this. But then also the parents are there willing to be equipped. The young people are there being willing to be equipped. Mm. And then the drive home, those conversations mm-hmm. start. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not uh, the parents have been out, so come home, you know, wake the child and be like, where well, we need to talk about this. <laughs> it's actually on the way home. This is going to naturally occur. Um, and, and so I think that was wonderful. There was even one church where I was giving a, a talk on, on this topic. And the week before I was meeting the young people, um, after church on a Sunday, they brought all the parents into the youth room. And I, I was asked, you know, what are you going to say? How are you going to say it? How can we prepare our kids for what they're going to hear next week? And so it meant that it meant a couple of things. If, if the parents weren't happy or didn't feel like their kids were ready to hear what we were going to talk about, then they could not bring their kids that mm-hmm. the next week. But it also meant that the conversations could start and the foundations yeah. could be laid, that it wasn't going to be a, a, a flash in the pan. This mm-hmm. is the like sex talk for the year. Yeah. It's actually got to be part of a, a long-term ongoing mm-hmm. relationship, which as a visiting speaker, I can't do. Yeah. Um, and so that's where, where church provides that support for the young people, for mm-hmm. the parents. Mm-hmm. And so it's a whole, yeah. a whole uh, kind of holistic approach to, yeah. to how we do this with our young people. Brilliant. Uh, I know we're focusing primarily uh, on talking to youth workers, but just for a moment, um, let's focus our attention on a young person mm-hmm. uh, who might be listening to the podcast. If you could give one piece of advice or one encouragement uh, to a young person in this whole area, what would you say? Mm. Can I can I use some verses of scripture? Absolutely. Um, so Ephesians 5, uh, 15 to 17. Um, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Mm. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Mm. So Ephesians 5, 15 to 17. Be very careful then. You see, Paul's urging the church, like, be watchful. You know, mm. don't, don't just drift along with, with what is happening around you. Be careful. Um, be very careful how you live, not as unwise but as wise. And, and this is uh, a crucial thing here because it's about, it's about wisdom being a play. So, so in certain situations around this topic of relationships and sex, you, you will not find a direct answer chapter and verse. Mm. You know, should I do this? Should I not? Is this? But the general principles that God gives in his word are mm. good for us. And so from those principles, we will be able to discern what is wise in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think about your future? Uh, what you know God has designed sex and marriage and relationships for? Well, then how does that impact your choices now? Mm-hmm. And so that, that's a wisdom choice. And then I find it fascinating that Paul says, making the most of every opportunity. Um, so even in the moments where temptation is there, even in the moments when our friends are all doing one thing, we have to make the most of that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what does that look like? You know, your mates are, are talking about Love Island. Well, h- how are you going to make the most of that opportunity? By sh- not just by saying, actually, I'm not comfortable watching that, but by using that opportunity. Mm. I'm not comfortable watching that because I believe that relationships and sex are actually created for something better. Mm. God has a better story to tell here. And so you're making the most of that opportunity because the days are evil. I don't think we need to say anything more about that. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Well, the Lord's will for our lives as we follow him is that we become more like Christ. Mm. So, so how are we going to make choices? How are we going to make decisions that will enable that to happen? The Spirit's work in our life will be able, we'll have more freedom, more room to shape us more in our godliness. 
and equally the, the converse is true then are there things that we could do choose um, you know behaviors attitudes thoughts uh, what we expose ourselves to are, are those things going to hinder the spirit's mm. work in our lives well the lord's will is that we grow in godliness so how can we make these daily mm. if not hourly choices to enable that to happen especially in this area of relationships and sex so be very careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil therefore do not be foolish but understand what the lord's will is mm. and so yeah these are difficult days mm. but but celebrate god's good news so so young person if you're listening this is a good news story that we have. Yes, it is a, a, a difficult world that we then have to live it out in. There's incredible tension when we try to hear the message of the world and hear the message of Scripture and live the message of Scripture in the world. Um, but this is good news for us. Uh, and so it might be that actually it's helpful to to try to lift our eyes from the momentary, from the, the immediate, from the... like instant gratification world that we live mm. in and see actually god's way is better yeah. um, that that's the example i think we see in joseph that he was able to run from potiphar's wife because he knew that that wasn't the design mm. and so he knew that god had a better yes for him somewhere else and he wasn't living in that yes you know joseph didn't leave there to run home to his wife and two kids that, that he, but he knew that 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 was being offered then mm. by potiphar's wife was not god's design and so he yeah. ran yeah. Um, and so let's live in the light of that and that's Let's be a generation who, who don't who don't cheapen God's good gift. Brilliant. Amazing. That's so helpful. Uh, just as we close, any helpful resources you'd like to share with us, whether that's for parents, youth workers, or young yeah. people themselves? If you've listened this long, you'll know that I love Love for Life. Yeah. Um, and so there, there are other organizations out there, don't get me wrong, there are other organizations who do brilliant work. I just mm. have more knowledge and experience of Love for Life. And so youth workers, if you want help, advice, um, you want you know a brilliant expert team to come in and do a session with your young people love for life or your parents or, or churches and um, they'll do that all um, in terms of books I, I find it really interesting I went to my bookshelf in the office and found five or six books on this topic um, and realized I haven't read most of them so um, <laughs> I'm, I'm hesitant to say this is brilliant but but I'll, I'll share them anyway and if they're good they're good I think it's really important whenever we're looking at books that we read critically mm. uh, so there are some books that I have read on this topic that I think okay that, that's okay I'm not sure I would agree wholeheartedly with that but it's still good to read sure. even when we read and disagree with something mm. it forces us to realize why we disagree yeah. and what we actually believe um, so there's there's a couple uh, Saving Sex um, which is uh, Dr. Trevor Stammers and Tim Doak it's basically uh, quick answers to lots of questions that were actually came through the Love for Life website right. and then it was produced so if you need kind of a quick reference guide to I've been asked this question I don't know how to respond this could be helpful uh, Pure by Linda Marshall is good on the wider topic I know we haven't even touched on this but it's God anti-gay by Sam mm. Albury um, Transgender by Vaughn Roberts again Vaughn Roberts battles Christian face um, and then there's other stuff maybe wider thinking about um, the porn industry I would certainly check out uh, the Naked Truth Project mm. based over in England um, and, and so there's, there's loads of things Glenn Harrison has a, a book that I hear is excellent mm. called A Better Story mm. um, and so it is God's design for relationship sex um, and so that, that's, that's really helpful too I, I think ultimately and hopefully what has come through on nearly every answer is the Bible yeah. so if you want a resource <laughs> on, on, what we, on how we engage with this topic read God's word before you yeah. read any of this stuff um, God's word is good for us so let's, let's start there amazing 
Drew, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure, thank really you. Really appreciate much. you taking the time to come on. Thanks, buddy. I hope you've enjoyed this. I know it's been really beneficial for me. And uh, make sure you tune out next week's episode. It'll be episode number seven. We'll have Debs McLaughlin sharing on intergenerational relationships. Thank you.